Welcome to episode 47 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we're venturing into new territory this week. We have moved on from Batman the Animated Series. We've moved done. on. We are never going to speak of it again. No, no more BTAS. Nope, BTAS. It's, it's all it's gone. Over. Now we're on to STAS. Nope, I'm not, Superman, I'm not down for that. the animated series. Not down for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it was interesting going into this because it's... Very different than the animated it's a complete, series. I mean, obviously, it's a completely new show. Yeah. But it's... you um, Outside the art style, you almost couldn't make a connection between the two. Yeah. Like, they could very much exist completely separately, and it would make perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and But, I mean, then you start to understand why, like, they did a shift from the original animated series to the new Batman adventures to kind of bridge them a little bit closer so they could start doing the crossovers and that sort of thing. Right. Um but yeah, I mean, I, it was fun going back into this. I haven't watched it in years. You actually had not seen it at all. I, before, right? we, we, I'm just going to get this all out now because <laughs> so you don't have to just hold it over my head through the entire series. Um, I know very little about Superman outside of, you know, Justice League and JLU and the 2000s animated movies right. and Superman Returns. Yeah. Um, and Man of Steel. Yeah. I, that's a long, so longer a lot, list than it sounds like. And Smallville? But, Did you say Smallville? Oh, and Smallville. I, okay, I do yeah. own the box set of Smallville because, <laughs> you know, who needs real money? Um, I, I don't know anything about Superman. I never watched the 80s movies, mm-hmm. 78. Yeah. And 80s. 70s into 80s. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I did watch the Fleischer cartoons. Okay. Uh, but never watched, you know, the, the 40s live action series. I never watched that. Okay. 40s, 50s. doesn't matter. 50s. Um, and then I've never seen this. Okay. So it's... And I also don't... I've read two bad Superman series. Okay. Comics. Wait, which Superman comics have you read? Um, sorry, one bad, one good. I, I read the Flashpoint series. Okay. Which isn't even a full series. No, it's, I don't you know, think a so. mini story. Yeah. Um, and then there's one... Um, oh, God. I think it's called, like, Superman Hope that came out... I don't think I know that. Five or six years ago. Okay. And it's It's bad. Is There's it? a reason. You know, okay. Of it. Mm. It's like a weird alternate reality, but it's not. Okay. They tried to make it like an alternate story where it's based in this world, and a kid from Kansas is named Clark, and so everyone makes fun of him because they compare him to Clark Kent, mm-hmm. and then he later finds out that he is Clark, like he is Superman. What? Yeah. So what? they like tried to make Superman in this, like in our world, like okay. how that would work, while Superman is also a comic book character. That sounds really bizarre. Do you remember who wrote it? Not a clue. I mean, I can look it up. I, I, can, I can see the cover. It's an all-white cover with a kid with a backpack. This was post me just binging all of Smallville. Okay. So that was the reason I got this series. Superman Hope? Are you sure, are you sure it's called? No, I, no I, I don't think that's what it's called. I'll find it while, while you start talking okay. about stuff. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, there, are, there are some good comics. I mean, I, people often criticize Superman. It's like, oh, he's too powerful. He's super hard to write for. And I think that is true. I think he's at his most interesting when he's paired off with other heroes. That's why it's great that we're eventually going to get to like Batman Superman crossovers into the Justice League. That being said, I think there are some really great Superman stories out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Earth-1 stuff is pretty good. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I've heard um, pretty good things about all of Earth-1. Yeah, I have, I have the Superman Earth-1 stuff back home. I'll bring that down eventually. You should read that. Um, I mean, he, yeah, I, mean, but he, I was going to say another great Superman story is like Injustice. But that's also him with the whole Justice League. Mm-hmm. So it's like just singular Superman stories. There are, there's a few good ones. There's one called um, Last Sun that is not set in the um, Richard Donner. Those are the original movies, Richard Donner yeah. movies. It's not set in that world, but it draws a lot from that. That's okay. a pretty solid story. 
Um, I guess, well, no, well, we'll get to it. We yeah. should do a tiny bit of news. There's really not too much to talk about. Yeah. You texted me about uh, some news involving Andrea Heartbreaking. Romano. Yeah. When I read this, I don't know if you have the same thing, but after last year, anytime I read a celebrity's name in like a headline, like, oh, I dead. immediately think they're dead. Yeah. So I see Andrea Romano and I She's not panic. dead. She's not dead. She's not dead. Uh, her career is dead. Oh, Sorry. She's mean. retiring. Yeah. Um, so two different things. Well, as, as, when this podcast comes out, she will have been officially retired. I think so, yeah. And that is, that's very sad because, you know, she's been a part of everything. She has, though, yeah. I think uh, in, the, in the article that I read that she, she said she's helped direct, voice direct 6,000 episodes of television. Oh, I thought I read something that said 10. It could be more. Yeah. But it's like she has been a part of so many amazing series that it's... Serieses? Yes, serieses. Um, don't start with me today, Chris. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, <laughs> she's been such an integral part in not only this franchise, but, mm-hmm. you know, all of animation. Yeah. And it's amazing. You know, she has this. She has, for me, Avatar, and, mm-hmm. and that's always going to be my connection to her. Yeah. And I mean, no, I, you could honestly say that she shaped... Modern animation. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think the article I read was that she was retiring from being like a voice, um, voice casting, voice directing, but she would still be involved somehow. I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure what that'll be. Um, but obviously she, she's incredible. And without her, we wouldn't really have this whole universe. Um, yeah. So best of luck to Andrea Romano in her retirement. And we, we hope we get to see her do other things down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other bit of news I had, obviously there's just a, a total lack of news now because of Comic-Con, and we had so much to talk about last week. The only other thing, actually a lot of people have been like emailing me or texting me about this, is the rumors, and I tried to see if I can get this confirmed somewhere, but I couldn't really, the rumor that Ben Affleck has signed on to do the Matt Reeves trilogy of Batman films, which will then lead into a Batman Beyond film featuring Ben Affleck as really old Bruce Wayne. Okay, I, I remember... Briefly reading about this. Yeah. Again, I, I tried to see if I could get it confirmed somewhere that actually happened. I think right now it's still a rumor. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I love Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always had secret aspirations. Actually, not that secret of aspirations. To write a Batman Beyond movie. <laughs> Another friend of mine, Jonathan, who, who was on the podcast not too long ago. Uh, same with him. So, you know, someone texted me. It might have even been him. was like, how do you feel about this? I'm like, well, if... DC had proven that they actually had their shit together in terms of sticking to the slate of movies they propose. If they had made good movies, uh, I would be excited about that. But since they haven't, I'm just kind of going, meh. Even if they announce a Batman Beyond movie that's supposed to happen four solo Batman films from now, I don't believe it'll actually happen. So I'll wait to see until it does. Who would you want as Terry? I... I don't Mr. know. McGinnis. I don't know of someone off the top of my head who I think would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see them cast an Asian actor mm-hmm. as Terry. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that would be cool because you don't you don't have to just. Well, okay. Within that too, I'd also want them to ignore the. Wait, do you? Well, does it? Can I spoil Batman Beyond? Yeah. I mean, anyone who's listening to this probably knows. Like, at the end of Justice League Unlimited, they like, oh, Terry's actually Bruce's son. Mm-hmm. Super stupid. Great episode. That part of it's really dumb. I would want them to ignore that and just have him be, like, a normal kid who Batman comes across and recruits, or Bruce comes across and recruits. And so, in that regards, I think it'd be cool to have, like, an Asian, like, a like half Asian or something like that mm-hmm. character Well, in I there. feel like they tried to do that with Nightwing. Because there was a big push for um, Steve Wan. Mm. 
right? The guy from Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. He had a huge push to be Nightwing. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did they ever announce who was doing that? I just remember no, there they, being they haven't cast dozens and yet. dozens of lists about yeah. which sexy butt we want. Oh, that's all I really care about. Yeah. It's good. Just good. Whoever they cast has got to have that Nightwing ass. I just, oh, I just want Matt Bomer. Oh, my God. So he, badly. He would be amazing. I think he's a little too old at this I know, point. Which I makes know. Me, which makes me sad. But, yeah, he, he would certainly fill out that suit. Mm-hmm. Quite well. Very well. Yeah. Um, but I think that's basically it for news. Not a lot this week. Yeah. So. We also, timeline-wise, we recorded the last episode. Like. Three days ago. 72 hours <laughs> yeah. ago. Not much has happened. I know. It, it gets, it gets kind of crazy. So, yeah, not that much has happened, but we're recording, like, almost a full week beforehand. So, something amazing will happen. Some huge reveal will happen between now and Tuesday. Yeah. And we'll like, oh, And we'll talk about it next week. And we'll talk about it next week. We'll be super late on, as we always are. Yeah. Uh, but it's fine, because we have a decent amount to talk about in regards to Superman, because... We, we have, have three episodes. We have three episodes, yeah. But, I mean, they... These aren't dense episodes. No, but they're, they don't feel... They never felt, like, that dragging no they, it's weird because they don't feel like they drag but also didn't feel like they like i don't have that many notes written down for what happens mm-hmm. like not that much actually happens in them but or like a lot happens with a lot of like little moments and lots. Of it's a shit. nice origin i think yeah and that really plays into the difference between this and batman because mm-hmm. it'd be tossed yeah. if you remember i'm gonna, I'm gonna work it in um if you remember the first episode of Betos was on Mother uh, Wings, on Mother Wings mm-hmm. where we just jump in and are immediately immersed in the world of Batman. There's yeah. no intro. Everyone knows who he is already. We kind of already know who the villains are. Um, they expect you to know everything. Yeah. And obviously, I think the timeline works out better for that because Tim Burton's Batman was just two years prior. That's true. Uh, whereas, uh, what, Superman 4 was 90? Uh, I don't even know. But, yeah, I mean, Richard Donner's movie was 78. Yeah. Um, actually, let me look that up. Yeah, it was 78. Yeah, but I mean, I was trying to think then when Superman 2 came out. Oh, I don't know. Just keep, let's um, keep going. Just keep talking. But Batman, I think, and you, you can, you can prove me wrong on this if you want. Um, at this point, in the, and even, even today, Batman is, is much more integrated in, society oh yeah um whereas everyone knows you know at least like five villains from batman it's true just to name a a random number um you can't really do that with superman like batman was able to rely so heavily on their villains to tell the stories and that's what makes superman so different is i think bruce tim and paul dini realized that it has to be a superman series it can't you know, like he has to be the main focus and his mm-hmm. his character arc. And a lot of these episodes, from what I've read, are going to be um, more long form, um, you know, long form stories. Yeah, th- where they're setting up a lot. Yeah, there. Yes, that's true. There is more, um, yeah, more ongoing storylines. There's more multi part episodes. Mm-hmm. There's more arcs. Yeah, yeah. Like they they introduce slightly more advanced forms of storytelling and I, I don't know well, advanced even we were it's not necessarily more sophisticated of advanced but more contemporary let's put it that yeah. way it's less and episodic I, I also learned that I'm, I'm very upset with myself that I didn't know this before a lot of the Superman stories bleed into Justice League yeah and a lot of, and a lot, J, JL and JLU and so I'm really excited to kind of see that kind of behind the scenes now because I mm-hmm. love those series so much and I rewatch them constantly yeah to know kind of where those villains are coming from now 
Yeah, because I mean, Darkseid and Brainiac. Brainiac. Yep, Brainiac. Both. Both. Fuck. Both feature heavily in JL and JLU. <clears throat> Obviously, like in the course of Superman, we're going to introduce to uh, Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. So yes. not John Stewart, but we're going to get My Green, Lantern. Green Lantern. We're going to get Aquaman. We're going to get the Flash. Um, Supergirl becomes a big part later. Cool. So yeah, it's this. In a lot of ways, this does more heavy lifting to get a set up for the Justice League than the animated series did. Right. So, um, yeah, I agree. I think it is a pretty solid origin. I mean, mm-hmm. I I was trying to think about it today. I didn't bother to do research on it, but um, I mean, you know, we talked. We had that whole episode about how many times we've seen Batman's parents get shot. Right. Right. I think the number of like films or TV shows that have actually shown like um, him leaving Krypton and coming to Earth mm-hmm. would be the '78 film. Would be uh, this would be Man of Steel. I don't know if you would really count Smallville because it starts on Earth and it's kind of like we start the meteor you crash. You see it. Yeah, we don't like we don't see him. We don't see like Jor-El and Lara actually put him into the rocket and launch him off. Which is not like, from memory. You see it being launched. Yeah, and I think even within his own like movies, um, I'm, I admittedly have only seen bits of Lois and Clark. Uh, oh, I forgot, I forgot about that yeah. series. Yeah, obviously Superman Returns is a continuation of the Donner stuff, so we don't mm-hmm. see it there. And then I think in terms of like his director DVD movies, most of them, he's already on Earth. Yeah, he's already well established. Yeah, it's like Superman Unbound, Superman Doomsday, All-Star Superman, Superman versus the Elite. So yeah, like there's far fewer versions of him getting launched off. And I, I think mm-hmm. most of them are actually done pretty similarly. Yeah. No, I... Cause that, so that's the whole first episode yeah. of this series. And I thought it was great it is um as you were talking about that i realized while watching the show that like yeah we see his parents get shot all the time we see krypton exploding all the time uh but this was such a nice like kind of mini story to actually see like actually fully flesh out um like you know important characters of superman yeah and i think it's really interesting to compare Cal or not Cal, uh, Jor-El to Thomas Wayne mm-hmm. and how we see Jor-El is not a perfect figure. No, like everyone's always telling him, Oh, you're so arrogant. Yeah. yeah he, like, of course you think the world's going to blow up, but everyone tells you you're wrong and you mm-hmm. refuse to listen to them. Um, but I mean, kind of playing devil's advocate on that. We also see that he's like this flash Gordon, like, Oh yeah. Can beat up monsters with his bare hands yeah, he, without superpowers. He goes out to like the, the ice fields, um, <clears throat> Which I mean, how how what how much do you know about the the seventy eight Richard Donner? Nothing. Have you, you don't have you've seen. Uh, anything I know or? the the spin around the world. I know okay. the throw the logo and yeah. catch Zod. Okay, uh, yeah. So I mean, like, if you watch Smallville, you've seen that a lot of stuff from that movie has made its way into Superman pop culture, right? So like, his Fortress of Solitude is a giant like ice palace mm-hmm. sort of thing. So you see that even in like a Batman. You see that in Smallville. Yeah, in Superman Returns, obviously, it's all there. So, and the Krypton they show in that movie is, like, all, like, a big icy planet, like, okay. cliff faces. So, the, the opening section I always there, thought it was crystals. Well, I mean, there are crystals. Crystals is, like, their form of technology. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just how I assumed. <clears throat> I, that's how I always saw the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, exactly, with all the crystal crystals. Palace. Yeah, so, when the, the opening sequence there of Jarrell going to do some, like, run some tests out in the ice fields, um, I, that was probably a deliberate reference to the 78 film, because it, it has that sort of, like, rocky, icy cliff face <clears> thing going <throat> okay. on. Okay. But yeah, he like he's doing some tests and he gets attacked by some really weird monster. Yeah, it's like got a it's like a it's like a it's like a Jello salad with an alien inside of it. 
Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I would I would say it looks like a giant cell. That is a far better description. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because everyone knows what jello salad looks like. Yeah, no, I can, I can use you, my you've imagination. You've seen that, you've seen that, right? It's like it's like you know, it's in a big like, there was a <laughs> it's in like a big Tupperware, and you got like bits of like fruit or vegetables. No, no, no yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm trying to remember. There's a cartoon that does that joke. I want to say it's Ed Ed Nettie. Oh, but I, it's not. No, it's Fairly Odd Parents, where it's Jello and they put broccoli inside, um, because then there's a meteor shower and Timmy wishes. Oh, the, that whole, the whole town is I've covered seen in Jello. That. Yes. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Butch Hartman. Shout out to Butch Hartman. Yeah. Obviously, uh, the listeners love when we do live research on our computers. But yes, <laughs> I found the picture right here. Oh, yeah, because his dad's got like the mom puppet, and she's yeah. like, "Oh, you gotta eat your broccoli jello." It's the the weather episode uh, where he wants his dad to always be right about the weather. No, his oh. mom, mom, Mother Nature is the name of the episode. Okay, <laughs> your, your knowledge of fairly odd parents is way beyond mine. So, but there's an alien in this. The thing we're actually here to talk about that looks kind of like that. Mark. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> so you're talking about the alien from Fairly Odd Parents. Doesn't what? No, no, I don't even. Okay, no, never mind. We're not going over Mark. No. Um, yeah, so Dorel just kind of beats up this alien. Yeah, it is. It's very Flash Gordon. Yeah, even like yeah. The, the ship he's like floating around on. Mm-hmm. Um, where were we? What were we uh, talking about? I don't know. Jorel. Oh, we were father figures comparing yeah. Jorel to Thomas. Mm-hmm. We see kind of an imperfect Jorel. Yeah. Whereas every iteration of Thomas we see is always just kind of the ideal version that Bruce imagines. Yeah. Like obviously we do have some stories where they're like, yeah, Thomas was also corrupt. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but obviously Bruce never believes those, and he always has this kind of, you know perfect vision like my father was the perfect person yeah and we never get to see any other version of that minus flashpoint right well i think part of that is jor-el is comparatively a smaller factor in superman's life because Mm -hmm. he grew up with jonathan yeah who is kind of that same sort of thing he's just like they're genuinely good like his parents are genuinely good people i should do the right thing and they still that in him so they don't need to have that like perfect jor-el figure quite as much yeah um yeah, but I, I like that we get to spend some time with him. Um, I also like, too, the voice of that is Christopher McDonald. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? Nope. Shooter McGavin from <gasps> Happy Gilmore. Shooter. I mean, that's what everyone knows him for. He's been in so many. Nope, that's it. So many other things. Uh, but he also voices Superman, like an older Superman, in the Batman Beyond episodes. Okay. Yeah. That's when, cool. When we meet the future Justice League, which I thought was kind of a cool uh, pullback at the end there. Mm-hmm. I also like what they do in this, too, is that... Krypton, and I don't know if Jarrell specifically, but Brainiac comes from Krypton. Yes. I love his inclusion Yeah, he's there. the Krypton Siri. Yes, he... <laughs> I mean, not he the is. modern version of Siri. I he guess is, before yeah. Siri, they would have said he's um, Hal. Hal, the yeah. Krypton, Hal, two, th- three... Hal, 9,000. Hal, 9,000. Yeah. But, you know, I like that they include him in here. And, like, we even get to see that, um, you know, Brainiac kind of has his own agenda. Because mm-hmm. Jarrell has all these findings that the planet's going to blow up. And the science council that, like, leads the whole planet is like, oh, what do you think, Brainiac? He's like, nah, we're yeah. good. Direct quote. Yeah, exactly. And, but, I mean, and we figure out later that he agrees with Jarrell, but he knows that if the science council, like, found out the truth, they would make him try and come up with an evacuation plan. Instead, he's dedicating himself to uploading himself to a satellite mm-hmm. so he can get away. For the greater good from what he's trying to convey to people. He's yeah. Like, you can either let me do my thing and you can save all of Krypton history mm-hmm. or you can have me, you know, 
waste my time with yeah. a plan that's going to fail because Krypton's going to explode in an hour. Yeah, yeah literally within like a, a number of mm-hmm. hours. And Jarell has his own plan, which is to it's take... It's a great plan. Well, it is, it is and it isn't because his plan is to, to send everyone into the Phantom Zone because they don't... They, he has built a rocket. We kind of get the idea that they don't have like super advanced space travel necessarily, but he's built one that works. But they don't have enough stuff to actually get everyone off the planet. Yeah. Um, so he's going to just trap everyone in the Phantom Zone and then put that into his ship. And I mean, trap is a harsh word. Oh, I mean, he's going to save everyone by putting save, them in the. But Phantom I mean, the zone. Phantom Zone is also filled with the worst of the, the worst. worst criminals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we get introduced to some of them later on in the series, mm-hmm. and so I can that is both a, a good idea, but I can also see the science council is coming from like that is also dangerous because like there's it's this weird like not full reality sort of things. It's not like, you know, putting everyone to a lifeboat, they get to hang out there for a little while. It's like pretty torturous, if I recall, being put in there. Okay. So. But still, I think that's like, as a last ditch effort, I think that's a great idea. And that's something that I, I don't know if any other Superman franchises throwing that idea out there. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, in the 78 film, in the Donner, it's called the Donner film, uh, it starts out with Jor-El imprisoning Zod and his, to like henchmen what is it acolytes is that a word acolytes. yeah acolytes yeah mm-hmm. uh into the phantom zone so it exists and then that that comes back around again in the second one mm-hmm. um we oh no zod gets put in the phantom zone in man of steel doesn't he uh he comes out but they they, they encase him in... yes yes yeah, they do because yeah because yeah, he's the one that causes the planet to blow up yeah they put him in space dildos and they launch him into the phantom zone yep yeah that's what that movie lost me the space still does. Do you remember that? I thought that's when get, get you in the movie. No, <laughs> no, clever girl. No, no. Do you even not remember that part? Vaguely. Yeah, it's like right after like Zod's been like it's both basically the exact same scene from the '78 film. It's like oh, and we're gonna send you to the Phantom Zone, and they're like sending these platforms, and it like encases them in a like a bubble, but it it's like long cylindrical and like a kind of like bulbous, and then it has room for their feet at the bottom, so it, it literally looks like a set of like a dildo with a set of balls on the okay. end of it. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to go back. With with your eyes, yeah. <laughs> with my pervy pervy eyes, I'll just I'll bring up a photo next to Fairly Odd Parents Jello. Yeah, so let, let me just get to this real quick. Um, but but you you brought up Brainiac, which is great because it kind of goes along with my point before. Of they're setting up this villain that we're not going to see for a while. Yeah, um, they set up a lot in these episodes. Yeah, and it's it's amazing that they have kind of the foresight to be like, yeah. We know what we're doing. Trust us, Warner Brothers. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a, a longer fight, but, you know, it's all going to pay off. Okay, yeah, those are Space Dildos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on the Instagram. You're not wrong. Um, Sorry, I interrupted your genuinely interesting thoughts about Superman. Space I, I'm already lost. Yeah, but uh, no, they, they, they they do they set up a lot. I mean, we we yeah we get Brainiac in this, and obviously once we have the, the latter episodes, we get more stuff. Um, does I have a very important question? Yeah, uh, that's going to affect my emotion for the rest of this episode. Okay, we see Crypto in this. Oh, that's right, we do. Yeah, does he come back? No, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> are you telling me that they blew up Crypto? Yeah, they they killed Crypto. I because I saw a bit of trivia that. Crypto was in there, and then I, I must have missed him as I was watching the episode. I missed mm-hmm. his, his brief appearance. Yeah. Which makes me kind of sad. No, Crypto doesn't come back at no. all. No. Chris. I don't think so. No, nah, not, that, fine. not that I remember. So, no, sadly not. But, I mean. I'd rather have Batmite. Batmite, yeah. Which, I don't remember if we get him or not. No. But, 
So yeah, I mean, what, one thing I did notice um, is basically Jarrell like tells the science council place is going to blow up. They don't agree with him. He tries to get Brainiac's help. Brainiac's like, oh no, I'm uploading myself. You're all fucked. Bye bye. And then Jarrell goes on the run. One thing I noticed is that when he's escaping from the buildings, um, his like lip is bleeding. Yeah, there's blood. There's blood. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, like this show actually gets more violent. And then I realized, of course, it has to, because in the first episode, they kill billions of people. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think anyone in the actual like BTAS run ever dies, right? They do in the movies, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone in the show ever actually dies. None that I can think of. No, I mean Batman thinks a lot of them die. Right, but we all get to see there. There's the uh, the groan. Yeah, there's the groan. No, I, I meant like villains right he thinks yeah. like um like he thinks clayface is dead he thinks he thinks uh, clock, clock king. king yeah is dead yeah but no one actually dies they do in this and actually yeah. it makes it makes sense they they kind of have to because it's a lot more violent yeah yeah because the whole planet fucking blows up and off off superman goes yep so safe and sound yeah and we see that we see the little krypton uh, kryptonite pellets yeah, that was, it's was cool nice. it's clever yeah we see that those follow him w- what did you think in terms of just the overall design of Krypton, like the, the world building they did there, like the production design of it. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, obviously I say this a lot in BTAS, uh, that I love retrofuturism. Mm-hmm. And this is a little different. It's more, um, I want to say like, I can't think of a better word, so I'm going to say like heavenly okay. futuristic. Yeah. Where it's it's more of a, a utopia. Yeah. There's, like obviously um, there's conflict, but everything, it's, you know, it's all the rounded corners mm-hmm. and everything is, is kind of has this sheen and the shine to it. It's like everything is nice and peaceful here. And look at our architecture. It's all nice and it's not going to hurt you. Everything here is safe and There's easy. A, there is a, a Jetsons kind of quality a little bit mm-hmm. to it that it's like, you know, like long spires like flaring out of the top and leading to big towers and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like it doesn't, I always thought the production design of like Man of Steel was really weird. Cause it's like this weird kind of like semi organic sort of look to this. This looks natural, but not, well, I'm not going to call it organic. It doesn't have this weird like fleshy thing going on. Mm-hmm. I like it though. Yeah, me too. It's, it is a huge departure from, uh, BTAS, but it, I mean, it has to cause the whole alien planet, mm-hmm. but I, do you feel that it also that it helps segue us into the world of Metropolis, which we'll get to shortly? Because Metropolis is very different than Gotham. Right. Like that whole world. Uh, I think it does prepare us a little bit. I, I think everyone also knows, like that's another thing that's already ingrained in our culture, is that um, that Metropolis is, is, you know, like a, not a paradise, but like yeah. a, a much more together city. You've read Hush? Most of it. Okay, but you've, you've read the, the part of it where they go to Metropolis? I think so. Yeah, and just, like, visually, it's very different. Like, the buildings are, like, big and tall. It's very bright. It's a really bright yeah. city. Like, there's no shadows for Batman to hide in. Like, he's, like, just standing on top of a moving train, and just everything around him is really bright. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, the one thing that I do want from this, this world, I don't know if you noticed this, um, when they just, like, knock out Clark or Kal-El. Oh, yeah. I they have this like, baby neutralizer. I think, was that, is that a reference to Back to the Future 2? Is it? I have no idea. Uh, Doc knocks out Jennifer with, like, this little device and just, like, boop, puts her right out. It might be. Yeah. Or if it's not, it's just a great idea. I want one. Yeah. My God. Oh, man. If they just had those on planes, that's, that's all I want. Yeah. I'd be so fucking happy. I did. I did love some of the world building they do. Uh, I love that 
I always love in sci-fi stuff when they everyone's speaking English and they still use like half the words they use are normal. They have to say other weird things instead. Like Zetus Lapidus. What? <laughs> so I needed one Xenon reference. Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. I, I know the show. I never watched it. Oh, it's a movie. I never it's watched it. It's a decom. Clearly, I never watched <laughs> But I was It's referring- a trilogy, Chris. Oh, Jesus. Zetus Lapidus, Chris. Get it together. I there's a TV show with like a Doesn't no. matter. I'm not going there. What? Protozoa. Mm. He's the rock star for us all. God damn it. Zoom, <laughs> zoom, zoom. <laughs> gonna say what what i liked about this was that they keep referring to like the police but also when um like one of the ships is gonna crash the police like oh my god i hope his crash bags are ready to go like they don't say airbags yeah but they still say police or like oh he's gonna escape from the like hover port rather than from the garage like they pick weird things to give different names make it seem sci-fi but the whole rest of it it's all like using like colloquialisms and normal phrases it's just i don't know no it's great i find it quite silly I also, I did love that they found a way to incorporate the title of the episode into the, oh, yeah. the dialogue. He will be the last son of Krypton. Yep. Well done, guys. Nailed it. <laughs> did it. <laughs> Fade to black. Yeah. Movie's over. Yeah. Off Superman goes. Uh, and since we do have two more to talk about, I think real quick, we'll go ahead and put in our, our bat plug here. So it's, uh, it's a podcast I have not yet listened to. It's relatively new to the network. It's called okay. Cite This. And hmm. so uh, every episode they go through and, like, they'll do, like, a Wikipedia dive on something. So one was on, like, gods. Another one was on prohibition. Another one's on, like, really lavish displays of wealth. Um, it looks really interesting. I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm going to go uh, do that. But you guys should as well. And here's the promo for it. Hello, I'm Sean Christopher. And I'm Kyle Sassina. And we are the co-hosts of Cite This Podcast, the Wikipedia of podcasts. Each week we dive into the nethers of the online wikiverse, exploring the weirdest articles and even weirder lists. From top secret government projects to wild fears and phobias to over the top Star Wars backstories, we got it all. With special guests in comedy, comics, and more, you won't want to miss it. So come on and dive down the rabbit hole with us every Wednesday on SoundCloud and iTunes as part of the Nerdist School Network. And there it, and, and there it was. Wow. So, that sounds really cool, though. Yeah, yeah, I have to go check that one out. Um, so now we'll move on to our, our other two episodes, and we haven't quite gotten to Metropolis yet. Right. But we do get to we get, Smallville. Uh, ten minutes of Smallville. Lots of- I, even, <laughs> I even wrote in this, like, hmm, this would make a great TV series. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was interesting that this is, I think, the first time I've ever seen the his pod not crash land like it arrives and it just lands perfectly oh yeah it's like a smooth landing perfectly smooth which makes a lot more sense having a baby inside it does yeah i mean i i actually always liked the way that they handled that in smallville having the ship get disguised amongst a meteor shower and the meteor shower explains where the kryptonite comes from right i always thought that was actually a really clever way of addressing that especially yeah, absolutely. in like a modern retelling of it like you know, we have fucking satellites and stuff. Like, you think we would see this coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in this, it seems like they're alluding to the fact that this might be around, like, the 80s. Yeah, I would, I would say mentions, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, Jonathan makes Cold mention War, of, like, the Cold so, War yeah. sort of stuff. Um, this could be from Sputnik. Exactly, he makes a Sputnik comment, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, he, he lands there, and Martha's like, nope, we're, we're going to keep him. He's mine. He's mine. And I love that... Named the, Christopher. Yeah, the name's... Christopher she, Reeves. Yeah, so do you know the three names and what they're referencing? Uh, I only remember them saying Christopher. Okay, Christopher, obviously Christopher Reeves. They mentioned Kevin, which is probably a reference... Conroy. So, yeah, to Kevin Conroy, of course. And the last one is Kirk, and Kirk Allen was the uh, first actor to play Superman in, like, one of the old live-action Oh, okay, before shows. George Reeves. Before George Reeves. 
Reeve. Reeve. Sorry. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> it's a conspiracy, Chris. He was murdered. Wait, wasn't he murdered, though? Yeah, but the police report said suicide. Oh, okay. And there's a whole movie about it. Hollywoodland. Yes. With Ben Affleck. Because he plays George Reeve. Yeah. He's the only actor, I think, to play both a Batman and a Superman, technically, kind of. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That Look thing, at that. The things you know. Um, but yeah, so then we get to see Clark as a teenager. I and, love it. And Lana refers to him oh, as a, a genius. Oh, man, I love it. There's something about, like, superheroes in school that's just so entertaining for that's me. That's why Spider-Man's been so popular. Spider-Man, Sky High... Sky High is actually pretty good. It's so good, Chris. I haven't watched it so good. more don't, or less since it came out. Don't. Don't, don't go back. Don't go back. <laughs> don't find the holes in it, Chris. Just. I mean, but if it's entertaining, you don't really care about the holes. That's true. Yeah. It's very entertaining. It's like Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, examples? The six episodes of Dragon Ball Z where Gohan goes to school. Great. Yeah. Where does he move so on great. from that? Uh, I know you mentioned this beforehand. It took you a long time to figure out who the voice of young clark was who was it he's amazing it's uh jason marsden who's in not to be confused with everything. james marsden not to be confused at all jason marsden is in everything like everything. I, I, I left his uh i'm to be open so i can do do some run-throughs here mm-hmm. he is in young justice as impulse. Bar- bart allen impulse he's in one of the transformers uh we've legend already of mentioned Korra. one of the shows yeah avatar and legend of Korra, right mm-hmm. i mean barely I, I was going for his main roles Impulse is a pretty main role. Yeah. Um, Chester McBadbat from Fairly Odd Parents. Yep. Uh, and what I think, for me, he's most famous for, uh, he's Max from Goofy Movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he, yeah. He's, he is in a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's he's oh. also, speaking of Back to the Future, he played Marty in the cartoon. In the early 90s cartoon adaptation. Yep. He was uh, Firefly in The Batman. He was Felix Renton in Kim Possible. I don't remember who that was. He was the guy in the wheelchair. I had to go oh, back and double okay. check that yeah, one. I didn't, I, he was in like six episodes. He wasn't one of the villains, right? No. Okay, it's the villain. No, he helped memorable. fight Motorhead. Okay, we've talked about that before. That like Kim Possible is, has, has a great rogues one gallery. Of the best rogues gallery. Yeah. Oh, he's Snapper Carr in Justice League. Yes. The newscaster who's in everything. Also, he's Richie in Static Shock. Yeah. Oh, that's the other one. I, the, yeah, that's the other big one I forgot. Yeah, I'm just like rolling through here. No, he's, he's in fucking everything. So it's, mm-hmm. it's always fun to see him get thrown in there because I, I like him a lot. He, he does good work that yeah. Jason Marsden. We're, we're going to go over two other big voice actors. Or for me, I yeah, have there's, two other there's big a lot. There's a lot of really incredible voice episode. actors in this. Um, but I, I mean, I like the fact that, you know, Lana tells, like, oh, boy, genius. Like, he gets Do we days. get, does Lana come back? Because I love Lana. She, I think she does. I know okay. um, there's. Because they, like, very, they, you know, they say, like, Come on, Miss Lang, get it together. Yeah. And you think it's Lois, and they say Lana, and then the next scene, it's Lana! Lois. Yeah, exactly. Had, I had to. You had to. Um, <laughs> and the next scene, it's Lois. And I, was, I would think, as a kid watching this, that'd what be very confusing. What do you mean the next scene, confusing. it's Lois? After, the, after goes, the explosion, it goes straight to... Metropolis. Yeah, where it's Lois Lane. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess it might be a little bit... It is kind of confusing to start with. You got Lana Lang and Lois Lane. Yeah. But I think she, I think she makes a brief appearance in. There's an episode with the Legion of Superheroes. Okay. With young Clark, I'm trying to remember if she ever comes to Metropolis. So I, I love her in Smallville. Yeah, and like, look, Smallville. That's my only reference point. Smallville so you're gonna has, hear a lot of Smallville talk. Smallville has its weaknesses. I think that it started out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the middle kind of tapered off. I actually think the latter seasons, when it was basically him just being like proto Superman, are actually pretty solid. Yeah, and I've probably said this here as before. As the blur, as the blur. Yeah, I think I've probably said this here before. I think Smallville so far has had the best 
Lois and Clark dynamic of any Superman property. Mm-hmm. Like they, they really nailed how that relationship should work. And I think this comes close, mm-hmm. but then she basically disappears during Justice League, and so he kind of loses it a little bit. She's in one episode. Like the last episode. Is it just the last episode? I, I thought she's, she's in the... Just... No, she's in the the Parasite episode, I want to say. Not Parasite, sorry. The, um... Oh, the, where the Superman the... dies. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I think she makes an appearance there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's basically gone. But no, I mean, we'll, we'll be talking about Smallville as we go along. You probably yeah. have better memories of it than I do. It's been a while since I've watched it. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, right. Uh, but yeah, so he, he, like, as a kid, he's starting to develop extra vision, hearing, speed. Uh, he does his first rescue of, like, a runaway That was camper cool. I, I, I enjoyed that you get to see him, like, not worry about people seeing him use his powers. Like, yeah. he, he does vocally say, like, I don't want to be a freak. I don't want to be different. Yeah. But it's cool to see him, like, when someone's in trouble, he will immediately cast that aside. Yeah. Well, what, what I loved is after he goes in, um, like, saves that runaway van, and he's like, he's like, oh, I like, what is this? Like, I have all these powers, and that's when Jonathan finally shows him the crash ship, and he's mm-hmm. like, wait, he doesn't know how to process it. Like, he doesn't want to be a freak. He doesn't want to be a weirdo, and he, he runs. And then as he's running away, that's when he discovers he can fly, and then all of a sudden he's super happy, and, like, that kind of sums up what makes Superman great in, like, a moment, right? Is that he is both completely aware of the fact that he's different from everybody, but that difference makes him incredible, and he does love it in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, I, he's always been to me the superhero that, kind of like along with Spider-Man, would love who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't... I've never quite gotten this idea that, like, if you are Superman, you would never give up being Superman to become Clark Kent. Right. You would give up being Clark Kent to become Superman all the time. Yeah. So that's a plot point from Superman 2, and it never made any damn sense to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forget. You haven't seen these damn things. I haven't. So, yeah. No. Well, but, I mean, that was the whole plot of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. I and mean, Spider-Man 2 is basically a remake of Superman 2. Okay. In the same way that Spider-Man 1 is basically a remake. There's also a giant octopus Superman in, one. in Superman there 2. There is. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> but, I mean, like, we should actually go and watch the original Richard Donner Superman at some point. Because, I mean... Every, I own them all. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like sitting every, on my shelf. Every filmmaker who makes a superhero movie at some point basically references that. Like, Kevin Feige has gone, said again and again, like, that's the movie that really shaped his perspective on making superhero movies. And you see its influence in, in Batman and X-Men and Spider-Man. Like, it has a lot of faults, mm-hmm. but you can see where the structure came from and why it works really damn well. Okay. So, we'll, we'll do... Well, we'll talk about it. like a bonus episode at some point. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that... Unfortunately, that's kind of the end of Teenage Superman. Yeah, because he, he like gets a little hologram thing that he briefly gets to meet holograms of Jor-El and Lara. Mm-hmm. And then I think they're just basically just cut straight to him. Yeah, so then he flies, and yeah. then he's like, Ma, Pa, look what I can do. And then it jumps straight to him being in Metropolis. There's, you know, I, I would say a 10-year jump. They don't, yeah. they don't ever say a time jump. They don't say how long, but it's probably about, probably about 10 years. Mm-hmm. That, that was the reason that I was confused was... Because you only oh, hear right. Lana's name once. That's true. And then it immediately jumps to Lois. Jumps over to Lois, yeah. Because we, mm-hmm. when we go to Metropolis, our first introduction is a, is a newscast. And I, this is a small thing, but on a color TV. Hmm? Well, there's only been... Oh, black. that's right. Yeah, it's all, the, been, all, of all of Gotham Batman's is in black and white. Black and white. So it's the first like, color television. And so it's that like, LexCorp. They know I what know, they're they doing. Know, they, they invented color TV way before uh, Wayne Enterprises could. Yeah. Uh, did you catch who was the voice of the newscaster? I did not. Lauren Tom. We just did this. Voice of Amy on Futurama. Oh, yeah. Lauren Tom has been in, like, kind of like a Jason Mars in every cartoon. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, she played 
Julie in the early seasons of Friends, one of Ross's love interests. Okay. Yeah. But she's been in, like, every show. That's every, awesome. Every cartoon, just like Jason Morrison. She's awesome. I mean, I always say, it, there's, like, ten voice actors. Oh, yeah. And this series hits them all, yeah. pretty much. Lauren Tom, Kevin Michael Richardson, Jason Wait, Marsden. Just waiting for that Tom Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. I forget. Tom Kinney? Is it, I don't know if he's ever in uh, DCAU, though. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. At some point. Tune in next time. <laughs> Tune in at some point. But, um, so we, we haven't met Superman properly yet, but there's all this talk about, like, some garden angel. Like, this little girl falls out a window, and some blue garden angel with red wings comes and saves her. And Lois sees this, and she sees that her, like, front page, or her story about, like, the biggest gun-running operation in Metropolis in years got kicked off the front page for, like, some fluff piece about a guardian angel. Yeah. And uh, she ain't having it. Now, did you recognize who the voice of Lois is? No. Dana Delaney. That sounds very familiar. Andrea Beaumont. Oh, okay. Yes. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Phantasm. That's right. That's right. That's right. But again, you've seen the movie, like, twice. Yes. (laughs) So... And I'm just more excited for the for the other two okay, people. Okay, okay, okay. Now, do you? We literally just talked about this. Did you recognize the voice of Perry White? No, I'm waiting for Jimmy. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, George Zunza, who was the Doctor from Sub Zero, and is also the voice of Ventriloquist. Okay, we talked about this last week. <laughs> last week was a, a long time ago, Chris. Okay, so Cameron, who is the voice of Jimmy Olsen? David Kaufman. Who is also? Uh, Danny Phantom. I know. Oh, yep. What a man. <laughs> what a man, Chris. Uh, he's also uh, Freakazoid's alternate identity. Oh, that's right. His name I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that too. I haven't seen Freakazoid since it came on back in Neither the day. Neither have I. It'd be interesting to drag, like, drag out and see how it holds up. From, I have friends that have rewatched it and say, they said it's still amazing. Because it's just so crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's all the same creative staff that did Tiny mm. Toons, did Animaniacs, and Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it would be fun to go back and revisit. That'd be a good um, Comic-Con costume, actually. Yeah. I One year, I saw a really good Freakazoid. Yeah. Um, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. But first, got to do uh, Shirtless Batman, Shirtless Roz. That's right. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I have to keep losing that weight. <laughs> just keep going to the boxing gym, man. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Um, um, so... Yeah, so we have this Superman, or we have this fluff piece. Lois isn't having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perry White's like, oh, also, we have a new reporter that's yeah. going to help you. His name's Clark, standing right behind you. Yeah. Uh, work with him on this LexCorp story. Yeah, so they, they go to. Which is definitely not Iron Man. No, they go to a weapons test. Do weapons tests ever actually happen in real life? Because, like. I, Probably like public, public but not tests? in the middle of New York. Yeah, I mean it's so it's in the middle of the city. But I mean, even think back to like that happens in isn't it like Spider Man one two? Don't they do like a big public weapons test? Uh, they do an Iron Man, obviously. They do it in in one. It's not a weapons test. It's the glider, and that's inside. Oh, yeah, Oscorp. that's that's at a military two bunker. Is, yeah. Yes, two is when Doc Ock has, like, the fusion... The fusion generator, yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, on the pier of New York. No, that's not... That's in the middle of the city. Oh, sorry, that's right. The pier is the finale, yeah. Yeah, but I just, like... I feel like weapons tests don't happen in real life. Like, you never see on the news, like, oh, it's a big deal, like... You know, when Iron Man Boeing makes sense. is doing a weapons test, yeah, yeah, because that's in the middle of the desert is when Iron is where Iron Man does his. Yeah, he's doing it in Afghanistan. Yeah, this makes perfect sense. Um, but then again, but I guess the the reality though is in the real world we don't have a figure like a Lex Luthor or a Tony Stark. We have like 
you know, like a Jeff Bezos and these sort of guys, but you know, they're not also weapons manufacturers. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're also, they're like weapon conventions. Yeah. That sort of thing. But it's not like people like, you know, like, there's a whole black market thing. Yeah. You're not like, like stop someone on the street and like, Oh, like who's the, you know, the CEO of Boeing or something like that. Right. Like, right. Or of like Lockheed Martin. People don't know that sort of stuff. Maybe in the sixties, maybe, but not now. Anywho, there's a, a weapon says, did you catch the name of the weapon itself? No. It's called a Lexo suit. Ha. I know. That's great. It's cute. Yeah. And then, of course, we get our first meeting of Lex Luthor. Ah, what a man. (laughs) What a man, Chris. Who is it? Tell me his name. It's Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. So I didn't realize this. You told me. His most famous role? According according (laughs) to you. According to you, his most famous role. The role he's been playing for 18 years alongside Tom Kenny? Yeah. Mr. Krabs? Don't don't hold us in suspense. Yeah, Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs is Lex Luthor. But, I mean, he's... He's also so many other things, too. I mean, nope. I, I find that I, I didn't realize that that's what he was. That makes me really happy knowing that. But, I mean, he's got so many live-action roles, too. Yeah. Which I'm slowly getting to. Oh, he was the, the Kragen, the Kragen or whatever, the villain from Highlander. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that, that's a pull right there. He was in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he's going to be the voice of uh, that big demon thing in Ragnarok. Ooh. Yeah. Any kind of, like, anytime you hear that gravelly voice that's not as deep as kevin michael richardson it's usually clancy or um michael ironside oh that's true i think michael Ironside passed away i think right like a year ago don't know it doesn't really matter does it i mean it matters it matters on the broader spectrum but maybe not so much for this not right now this rambling podcast (laughs) um but yeah like a whole bunch of thieves come and steal the the legzo suit and that's Mm -hmm. our first like proper appearance of superman Yes. Because a giant beam is already to fall on to Lois, and Clark swoops in. Well, not Clark. Superman swoops in and saves her. She's like, oh, shit. Yeah. This dude actually exists. So then he goes the off. Blur. Uh, the blur. Yeah, so he goes off in pursuit of uh, the thieves. Worth acknowledging, Metropolis, way more advanced than Gotham. Yeah. Well, are they, Lex mentions that at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I created Metropolis. Right. Like, but... Even, I own I, I yeah. own Metropolis. Yeah, and so Metropolis is way more advanced. But even then, like these guys, we find out later kind of where they come from. But you know, they're supposed to be like Kaznian rebels. Mm-hmm. And I, I know Kaznian shows up again a lot later in like Justice League. So maybe we yeah. can assume that like it's because that's Killer B owns not Killer B. What's her name? Uh, Queen B. Queen B. Thank you. Say Killer Queen. It's not. <laughs> she is a killer <laughs> queen. Nailed it. I know. God, oh man, we're song. starting a band. I know. Next podcast, get ready for our <laughs> band. We're gonna sing the whole intro. speaking of that quick side note yeah i do not like the intro song to this i don't really love it either no um i'm not even a big fan of the whole intro in general so it's 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 basically just like a recap of the first few episodes the episodes we're recapping now it's just like exploding planet baby in a rocket teenager he can fly now he's superman he goes up against lex Luthor and robots and all these other things yeah i don't love the intro no but I think for me too, the Superman theme is John Williams Superman mm-hmm. theme. I mean, the fact that it still pops up all the time is indicative of that, right? right? I mean, it was used in Lego Batman. It was used in the Deadpool teaser, right? Yeah, like that's the Superman. It's so iconic it is, and I, you know, like 
and I get when you reboot something, you change things up. So I get like when they rebooted um, Batman, why they would have swapped for like Danny Elfman's for Hans Zimmer. Like they had to go for a totally different tone. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been so many other versions of Batman that it, you can't really have like one theme. But like in the same way that when James Bond rebooted, they kept the James Bond theme. I really wish they had kept Superman theme in this new iteration. Yeah. I get why they couldn't, but I think that might be the single greatest piece of music for me like mm-hmm. in terms of like film music like that's the one that every time i hear it, i'm like oh it just it gets you right in the heart yeah but even compared to the other intros like obviously btos has probably the best intro song yes um but then you have static shock which is a great rap yeah I and then you have it, you don't remember it no i'm not gonna sing it no don't <laughs> you should you um, we'll get around to it jl and jlu have that like great yeah for like you know the symphony and it's amazing yeah. And uh, yeah, like the Batman Beyond, too, yeah, is like this like high like, tech kind of high energy sort of thing. Yeah, this one to me is the weakest. I, mm-hmm. I don't. To be fair, I can't remember the Zeta Project theme. I've not. So we could be I, wrong. I don't know if I've ever actually seen an episode of Zeta Project. I don't think I have either. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, it it doesn't work for me. But again, I think part of it is because nothing will ever be as great as John Williams. Yeah. Theme. Um, I actually kind of like the Hans Zimmer Superman theme, but I don't love it. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same. Um, what happens the rest of this episode? Here? Uh, oh. Superman chases down the Ketchnians, Kosnians, Kosnians. Kosnians mm-hmm. um, and they shoot a missile, and Superman dodges it, and it hits an aerial plane. Oh, no. To be continued. And commercial. But we're going to pick it up immediately. Yeah. Um, he saves the plane. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. he does in every... Where did that start? Did that start with the, the Dahmer... Donner? Donner. Not Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Richard Donner. <laughs> Two very different people. <laughs> Are you saying Superman isn't created by a serial killer? No, he is not. Uh, so, I mean, in... I'm trying to think what other places has been used. Because in the Donner film, he catches a helicopter. The Daily Planet helicopter falls off of the Daily Planet. Okay. And he catches it. Um, and then, obviously, in Superman Returns, their homage to that is him saving the plane. Which, look... I actually have a soft spot for Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. I get why people don't like it. You cannot deny, though, him saving the plane. That is an amazing That's sequence. a great scene. It's a great way to intro a movie. It's an incredible scene. Well, too bad. The problem, though, is it's not even an intro. Maybe if they had actually started there, people would have loved it more. Yeah. Um, and then I, ended right after. <laughs> ended right after. I, you know, I get why people don't like it. There's a lot of things I actually do like about it. Um, the... I've read the script. I've read, like, the novelization. There's a much bigger, better story going on there. Like, there was a whole opening sequence. We, I may have talked about this before where he goes back to Krypton and finds that it's destroyed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did talk about this before. Yeah, um, and it's, so it's like in the script, and it's really, really good. And I, I get it would have really dragged the film out, and there are a lot of flaws with that movie, but I, I still think, I would argue it's actually, ugh, we still haven't gotten a great Superman film, but an yeah. argument can be made that Live it actually... Action. I think we had some good animated films. Yeah, an argument can be made is actually pretty solid. Um, but uh, yeah, so he does the same thing basically here as well. He, uh, mm-hmm. he, he catches the plane and then Smallville ends with him saving Air Force One, right? The final episode is him. The first I time, he, first time so. he dons the suit because you don't really get to see him in it. Right. You see him in space in it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I don't really remember too vividly either. But anywho. Anywho. Uh, so, but like. Saves the so, plane. Yeah, someone catches it on video, and so like they're at the Daily Planet, and there's a photo, and I love this line. Lois like, oh, nice S. Yeah. See, this nice S right here on his, yeah. on his chest. Nice S. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she even like adds a little inflection to it. Yeah, S. Nice yeah. S. Yeah. No Nightwing. 
It's no Nightwing. It's no Nightwing. But, but all we have to compare it to is Batman right now. That's true. But uh, she coins the term Superman. Yeah. Which is nice. I like when someone else coins the term for them. Yeah. Um, I think it works Except better in this. Except in Batman Begins. Oh, well, yeah. He's the Batman. Batman. I think this works better than in, like, uh, Man of Steel, where it's just like, what's that S stand for? Superman? Stand for hope. No, I mean, I, the worst, I, I don't know if anything will ever be worse than Fan Stick. Never seen it. Oh, good for you. How do they, how do they get their name? Uh, it's the last line of the movie. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, they're like, they go into their headquarters, and they're like, oh, we need to think of a name. Like, hmm, well, there's four of us. It should be like something for the magic four. Like, oh, the f-, and it cuts to, cuts to credits. So just like the end of Avengers 2. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, fuck you. Oh, God. That's, that's how it ends. It's actually... They, yeah. The character was literally just saying fuck you to the audience, and they had to cut it off. Right. God damn it. But yeah, we... Um, the world now knows about Superman. He goes and pays a visit to Mom Pa Kent. He's like, everyone wants to like, talk to me now. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can be like, like a symbol of hope, unlike that weird guy in Gotham City, which yeah. I loved. I know. We get, we get a nice Gotham City reference. We get a nice Flash reference. Yeah. We get a Flash reference? Uh, when Lois is on the phone in the car, she's like, yeah, I checked with Star Labs. They don't know who this guy is. Oh, but I mean, Star Labs wasn't necessarily a Flash thing. Oh, it wasn't? Like, it is in terms of, like, the TV show. Like, they all work at Star Labs. I think Star Labs existed before the Flash. Oh. I think it, I always thought it was Learning more of a Superman things. thing than it was a Flash thing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We'll find out. Doesn't matter. Apparently. Someday. Just stuffing this with useless trivia. Apparently, this is one of the few versions of the like a DC universe where uh, Batman exists before Superman. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because in like in all the comics, usually Superman is around first. So, mm-hmm. fun little bit there. Um, yeah, so he does an interview with Lois. She mm-hmm. writes a little about it. Uh, Clark suspects that Lex may have helped the things get stolen. Yeah, the, the suit gets stolen. I, I very love, perceptive. Yeah, he is. He, he kind of leaps to conclusions that really aren't there. Uh, I love Lex's office. I don't remember very well. So it's this huge, huge chamber, and then it's he's got windows behind him, but on the sides of the walls is a massive shark tank. Oh, that's cool. There are literally sharks like swimming around his office, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that uh, Lois dumped him. Yeah, I, I, when I read about this episode, they were they person writing it was very happy of like i'm very glad that bruce tim and paul dini didn't ever lean on that story point because we didn't need like a no. fight between two alpha males over who lois no. gets i forgot that was even a thing until i watched this episode again mm-hmm. in this universe that's good yeah um we get a whole bunch of other characters introduced real fast <clears throat> so uh we learned that like kasnia is like a country that has a um a trade embargo with the united states because they're like dickheads or whatever right and there's a ship on the docks, and so uh, Bibbo. Do you know Bibbo? Nope. Was he the the sailor? So sailor, yeah. Voiced by mm-hmm. Brad Garrett. Okay. Good old Brad Garrett. Uh, yeah, like Lois uses him to like get some information about like what might be on there. So she goes onto the ship and comes across John Corbin, who is Metallo. Yes, who becomes Metallo. Ah, yes. oh, see, you know something. I got one. You know I got some one. Uh, did you recognize the voice of Metallo? Nope. It is Malcolm McDowell. I know that guy. Yeah. He's didn't, in that thing. He's in he, something in Pitas. Was Yeah, he was. Who was he, though? Uh, that's a good question. You talk. I'm going to look this up real fast. Uh, so she's on the boat, and uh, 
some stuff. Oh, uh, uh, Superman. This this is what bugged me. There was a point in this that really bugged me. Uh, Clark is with Jimmy, and he's like, yeah, these are the photos that I used that I tried to give to, to Perry, mm-hmm. uh, but he didn't take them. And Superman, like, uses his supervision into a photo to see the Ketchnian flag. Kaznian. Sorry. Uh, is Ketchnia a real place, or is that a Marvel, Marvel thing? Ketchnia? Yeah. Like, not... No, I don't think so. What am I thinking? I don't know. I think I... I don't know. Kaznia. He sees a flag. Yeah. And he's like, Jimmy, I gotta go. He, she's on a, a Kaznian ship. So this is what bugged me. I, okay. on, I obviously don't know how well the DPI was in photos back in... The mid nineties, you know DPI. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yeah, you're a film person. Yeah. Um, but you don't it's like resolution for those who don't. Yeah, dots per inch. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter like how good your vision is. At like at one point, you're just gonna see dots. You see dots. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. He's like, oh, enhance that photo. It's like, well, you can't. Yeah. You can't make anything more high resolution than it already is. Right. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, and that 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 bugged me. I'm like, I'm, Superman, I'm never, your yeah. your vision doesn't let you just like vectorize an image that's not allowed that's not a power you get i've accepted every power up to this point you can you can detach your side and make a clone that's fine you can sneeze and blow up a planet that's fine but you can't vectorize a pixelated image that is bullshit and i will not stand for it uh but he can probably learn how to do it real fast because he's a genius and then he can't do it don't care I want to see yeah. you get on that computer and redraw that image by hand, and then maybe, yeah. maybe I'll accept that you can get away with that bullshit. So he, but yeah, so he goes, he goes off of the ship, and just as Corbin's about to shoot Lois, he like smashes in and like stops the bullet. Mm-hmm. That is the second time that he saves Lois. Yes. Uh, Corbin jumps into the suit to start fighting. One of the henchmen pulls out a rocket launcher, but Lois turns around and saves Clark or saves Superman, which is kind of cool. Yeah. She like swings like a... She's not a damsel in distress. No, except for that it happens once more. That like Because then Corbin points the gun at her and is about to shoot her. Superman saves her once again. So yeah. I did... I don't know if you noticed this. Did Corbin look like an adult Johnny Quest? Yes, he does. Okay, he does. Yeah, he does kind of look that way. Yeah. Um... I'm thinking. I'm gonna see if I can try and track the number of times Superman saves Lois. Oh, is that gonna the, be our? Is that gonna be our count? I have, I have, the a, series? I have a few of them because, like, we were always talking about like Batman is always getting incapacitated in absurd ways. Yeah, I will say that Superman never gets incapacitated here. Never gets like knocked out. He gets mm-hmm. slowed down by like gunfire and like boxes falling yeah. on him and all sorts of stuff. This series and the rest of the DCAU it really weakens Superman. It does. Like yeah. he, like you see him. Like, regular bullets don't affect him, obviously. But, like, high-caliber bullets, he feels it. He can, mm-hmm. like, it hurts him. Yeah. So, I... And I love his other weakness, of course, getting electrocuted. Because that even yeah. happens here. He's going to get electrocuted a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the main show. thing between, like... I guess it's, like, magic is his other yeah. biggest weakness. Because that's why... It, that's when he fights Shazam and all that stuff. Yeah. Shazam can actually take him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to try and see if I can track the number of times he saves the lowest over the course of the series and also the number of times he gets electrocuted. Uh, <laughs> but eventually he does stop Corbin. Yeah, just rips he, the robot apart. Rips the robot apart. Limb and from limb. He goes to see Lex, and, you know, Lex obviously is talking to, like, the buyer of the suit, the Cassian buyer, the whole undergrad, like, the whole mm-hmm. whatever deal that all fell through. And Superman hears it all but can't really prove it. Yeah. And Lex just gets so angry at this him. This is another thing that, very, that really bugged me at Lex's office. The what? only thing I remembered. Oh, of the it. windows just open? He has, he's on the top floor and the top half. What is the point of that? 
That the window's just opening like that? Like, there's going to be... It's, the wind would be so loud up there. I know. I know. Also, like, yeah. You would never open that would, in a normal day. All your papers would just go flying. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like, throw someone off the... Yeah, I guess. But he's more subtle than that, let's be honest. He's a little more clever. Right. Just throwing a body But not subtle enough to meet the leader of an annex country in the middle of your office. That's true. That's not a bad... It's not a bad... It is a bad... It's, it's not, That's fine. <laughs> but, like, I like to think that... The second he saw Superman come in, he's like, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. What if? Real quick. Let's get... <laughs> I feel like this guy's me stop by a lot. Let's go ahead and have some retractable windows thrown in. That'd be great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. But even for throwing people out, you'd want like both sides to open. Yeah. So then you can just kind of push them. That's true. It's just the top uh, half. It's not very well And I, I was thinking maybe like if he wanted to just look out mm-hmm. and maybe I'd get some air. But it's taller than him. Yeah. It's above like, his head. The top height. half is still just a little above his head. It doesn't really make a whole half a lot of sense. That, that's my nitpick of the day. <laughs> well, that's not your only nitpick. That's my two nitpicks of the two day. Nitpicks. So, yeah, so we, we, we kind of set up the dynamic of, like, Luther and Superman are going to be at odds to each other the whole rest of the time. And this has, it's not really post credit sting. Mm-hmm. It's pre-credits, but it has a sting at the end, which I really liked. Yeah, Brainiac's back. Yeah. He gets picked up by these really weird-looking aliens. It's a lot of really weird aliens at the course of Superman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, he, like, breaks out of his own satellite thing and kills them all. And takes over their ship. Again, like, like it's, it's alien blood. It's, like, purple, but it's, like, this big splash of blood hits the wall. Like, mm-hmm. this is a more violent version than the animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that might, might have had to do with this being on WB instead of Fox, actually. That might have been a bit of a difference. Maybe. Because um, I think... I didn't think about that. Um, like, when they did... Beach ass, they went for an older Robin to avoid like child endangerment. By the time we got to uh, Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, they brought in obviously the, the second Robin and Tim Drank and had to be a kid. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they kind of loosened up a little bit on some of their restrictions. Yeah. And I'm sure it was also they just trusted Bruce and that's Dean true. More. Yeah. Yeah, because Paul Dini was one of the co writers on this, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I know. Good old, ah, and Paul Dini, we trust. Um, I do. I did want to bring up a quick question. Yeah. Um, so obviously I think when you talk to anyone about the DCAU, the first thing they bring, they talk about is Batman animated. Yeah. Is BTOS. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's because this series was so serialized? Is that the right word? Where it's uh, longer form storytelling that because of that, they were, they couldn't get the same level of, um, like recognition for it. No, no, I, I wrote the word down cause I knew I was going to forget it. Uh, syndication. They couldn't, oh. like, Batman, BTOS is so great because it's all, pretty much all one-off episodes. Yeah. Super easy to syndicate. Yeah. Like, they were still showing that through, I want to say, like, 2006. It was still on Cartoon Network. I, mm, that is a good question. I, And you can't really be. do that with Superman. And even with <laughs> Justice League, um, I remember, you know, in the mid to late 2000s, they would have an hour, the, like, superhero hour. Yeah. Where they would show, because, you know, all the Justice League episodes are pretty much two parters. Mm-hmm. They would show both parts. Yeah. So you never had to worry about, like, what's going to happen? Never right? really Starting broke. in a part yeah, two. Yeah, never be broken up. Yeah. Um, that is a good question. I, I think part of it might just be that Batman is a bigger draw than Superman yeah. in general. Um, it could be the, in terms of syndication, that might be a factor. And also, yeah, that it, the BTAS is so episodic. Because no one talks about Superman the Animated Series. And I feel like part of that is it gets lost in the middle, right? Okay. I mean, obviously, everyone talks about BTAS because it it set all of this up. Right. And like, I mean, having just gone back through it, it does hold up really well. And it is gorgeous. I mean, it, it 
is better than a lot of like modern animation, right? Yeah. But then, so everyone talks about that, and then everyone always talks about. I think like Batman begins gets a lot of recognition because there hasn't been anything else like it. That it was a completely original storyline. Um, that overall it's like pretty good, and that it hasn't really been done again. Like there's no other Batman Beyond stuff out there. There's comics. That's it. Right. So I think like that's why that still gets a lot of recognition. Um, it's also really fucking cool. And then I think people talk a lot about Justice League. I think they talk about Justice League maybe more than JLU a little bit. I think, I, th- I think from my... When I talk to normies, mm-hmm. non-superhero fans, I right. guess, uh, I think they just kind of blend them together. Because it, it, it does kind of blend together. And I think yeah. that there's special episodes, and especially JLU, people talk about. But I think... I think by the time we got to Justice League and JLU, the storytelling had gotten so sophisticated. The animation is so good. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of the stuff in the middle does kind of get lost in the shuffle. I mean, a lot of people probably don't even know that Static Shock is part of this whole universe. <sighs> I know. It's I heartbreaking. Know. But I think, I think Superman does kind of And even uh, New Batman. Yeah, even... A lot of people don't. They would just think it's a continuation of right. BTOS. Yeah, because it, it sort of is. So I, I think Superman just gets kind of lost amongst all of it because it's... And look, I mean, like these episodes too, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Like these are, they're all like, competent. this was, I think this was better than the start of Batman. I'd agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can tell that they, they've learned a few tricks coming into this. Like they think through like more long for storytelling in terms of like, they have like what, about a half dozen characters introduced in this. that will come back again later. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think there, there's not a lot of like Superman episodes that I think of like, oh my God, these are amazing. Like there's still Batman. There's still BTS episodes we talk about. There's not a lot here. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think all of it's fine. All of it's good. It's all well-made, but none of it's incredible. Yeah. I think that's part of it. And I, I think that kind of goes back to the point I made at the beginning that, uh, Batman just has a more recognizable rogues gallery. It does. Like yeah. we even see that in this, they set up three villains, but our main villain of this is a robot. It's yeah, a it's giant just, robot. It's just a guy in a robot suit. And that, it kind of becomes a problem through a lot of yeah. the anime or Superman, the animated series. I mean, we, we do get some videos of parasites, Mm-hmm. really good um lobo's a lot of fun i fucking love lobo yeah so brad garrett who's bilbo uh, also does the voice of lobo nice yeah um I, yeah so i mean superman does have some really great villains i mean mm-hmm. the problem is is that he is super powerful so how do you square him off against someone that can do something with that that actually makes right. him like a real threat and i think lex when done right is interesting because he can't mm-hmm. just fight him toe-to-toe that he has to come up with other ways of, mm-hmm. of being a serious threat he hasn't yet been done right in any of the movies. And I, I get me wrong. I Including love Including animated. Um, we'll, we'll stick with live action for now. Yes. In live action. Like I, I love Gene Hackman and I like his version of Lex, but you know, Lex always been like a criminal. And then of course we get to Batman versus Superman. They just made a, a, a mistake there as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause like Lex Luthor should still be imposing. Like it's one of the things I like about this. Version. What did you think of, um, Smallville. I already just forgot oh, his name. Oh, yeah. Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum. I think he's the best live action Lex Luthor yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him. And I, you know, and I Greatest like... motivation. Superman turned me bald. Yeah. That's pretty stupid. That part is... I mean, the, that, that but that's fades a rich, that's after, part of the like, comic, season though. three. But, like, that's that's one true. Of, that, yeah, yeah, so... It, it only took three seasons for them to get over that. Yeah. But, I, you know, I actually always liked that dynamic. I thought there was an interesting twist on it, having them be, be friends. friends of sort. And they, mm-hmm. they never got a chance to really get them to be great enemies because Michael Rosenbaum left. I know. Before, and he kind of came back to the end, and it, it, it kind of worked. And they also focused too much on Lionel. They did, yeah. I never really liked Lionel that much as a character. No. Um, no, I thought, I think Rosenbaum is, I, I think Erica Durant's the best live-action Lois. I think he's the best live-action uh, Lex. 
you can't. I mean, Tom Welling's great in that show. You can't really say he's the best live action Superman because he never really got to be Superman. Right. So, and I think that still has it has to be Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Too in that one. Like, there's a lot of problems with his movies, but he is Superman. And he's great. Um, so like overall, what what do you think? I guess we kind of talked about it, like comparing this to mm-hmm. the animated series. Like watching it for the first time, like having just come from BTAS to this, like how did it feel? Um, I don't think it lived up to kind of the back half of season two of BTOS. Agreed. Uh, but where we started with season one, mm-hmm. I think this was, you, like you said, you can see the huge strides they made. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we're going to get some duds, but yeah. I don't think we're going to, like, I hope, I don't know, I don't think we're going to get anything as bad as, you know, Sewer King or uh, the, the Unforgettable. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Unforgettable Forgotten. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. It's unforgettable, though, isn't it? Um, yeah. Like, you, you can see where they were still testing the waters back then. Yeah. And now they really understand. Like, obviously, with Superman, they have to change up the formula. Mm-hmm. But they still understand the core of what makes a superhero show. Yeah. And so I think it better start. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. What did you think of the animation? I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have anything that really stood out as a problem or not. No. I feel like there's a big leap here. Because even some of the, the latter episodes of BTAS were still a little meh mm-hmm. at times. I feel like they did a big leap here in terms of getting the animation pretty solid. The, the one thing I did question, because you see this very often with Superman, and it's not just in this show. It's a Superman in general question. Uh, when he's a teenager and he flies, he has to, like, give a full leap. Yeah. And you see that. I think in Man of Steel he does the same thing. Yeah. Um, but when, he, when he's Superman, towards the end of this episode, he just kind of, like, slowly lifts off off of like kids like rolls off his toe yeah and i just i was thinking like are his quads just made of metal yeah or man. is it just, it's just or is it just like did he kind of figure out how to do it without taking that huge leap doing the I, whole up up and away yeah i mean I, that's always been one issue it's like how can superman lift a heavy object when he's flying because he has actually nothing to like no opposing force yeah so it doesn't work. we're not gonna get into the physics of that shit no <laughs> There's not, too much to question about Superman. Not worth it. But nope. uh, I'd say overall, it's good. Yeah, it's I'm excited. Good. I'm very excited for the rest of the yeah, series. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun having you like not having seen this, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen pretty much all of this. I think at, at some point. Okay. So yeah, I'm excited about 53 it. 53 more episodes. No, yeah, 53 more episodes. Something like that. Yeah, and I forget. I think it's it might be season three. Might be when it becomes the Batman. Start. I forget. So a little ways to go, but. I'm I'm happy. I, yeah. I've always loved Superman. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're here. Um, but we should probably talk about what we're plugging this week. Ah, I think we're, we're still going to call them bat plugs. We're yeah. still, still going to keep our our, our theme because I'm not going to ask my friend to record a new one for every show. <laughs> and uh, we'll keep our bat plugs. What are you plugging this week? Uh, hold on. I'm making sure I got over all my notes. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, got them all. Um, what am I plugging? Well, we we both saw Atomic Blonde. Yes, it's great. It is great. It is. We were talking about this a little bit after the after we saw it. It's so it's so deep. Yeah, it's not it's not. Hmm. You watch the trailers. That kind of style and like that cool use of music and action is in the movie, but it is also like a genuine like twisty espionage thriller. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to call it slow. I was never bored. I never found it slow. No, like not there's at all. always stuff going on. There's all this intrigue. Um, I referenced uh, the first Mission Impossible in terms yes. of like. Like, you look at that movie compared to where that, where that series went. That first movie, there are some big action set pieces. But for the most part, it's this whole espionage thriller. Like, who's doing what? Like, can you trust anyone? That sort of thing. That's a lot of it in here. Maybe a little bit of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Did you ever see that? Uh, no. Yeah. That is actually slow. Okay. But the movie's better than... I'm sorry, people. 
be upset that's probably but the John Lacare novel is really <laughs> fucking slow. Um, um, but I was so I, I saw it twice. Yes, you did. Uh, and I, I'm glad because I needed to see it twice. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on all the things the first time. And I was worried, especially after my first viewing, I was really worried that this was going to just kind of get washed off mm-hmm. because we did have John Wick and we did have Baby Driver yeah. come out before this. But seeing it a second time, I really see it as its own independent thing. Yeah. Um, and it's great. I highly recommend it for everyone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like, of the stuff I've seen recently, it's like Baby Driver and this, the two that I'd recommend mm-hmm. the most. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really fun. Sick. Oh, fuck, yeah, of course, in The Big Sick. Yeah. That is an amazing movie. Yeah. Like, it, this this just is a really good version of a spy thriller. Yeah. And Charlie Theron's amazing in it. As, as always. Is, yeah, as, as is McAvoy and Sophia Patel. Like, everyone's really, really great in it. So, yeah. Uh, highly recommend. Yeah. Go to that. Anything else? Do you have anything to plug? I do. You, you tell me what you have to plug. Okay. I think, I think I'm good. Okay, you're now. good. All right. Yeah, yeah well, I sure. Wanna, I don't want to bog you down. Okay. Uh, I just finished reading Mouse by Art Spiegelman. Ooh, Mouse. Yeah. Have you have you read it? Yes. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's, it's dark. It, it seems odd to like say things like "Oh, it's great" and all these other things because it, it, it is it's so bizarre. It is also really intense. So for those of you who don't know about it, it's um, a, so Art Spiegelman is basically he wrote a comic uh, detailing his interactions with his dad and his dad re, dad's retelling of his experience going through Poland during World War II and then ended up at Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. So it, it is really intense. And, um, you know, all of the, the Jewish characters are portrayed as mice and all the Germans are cats. I think the Americans are dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, what's an easier way to lighten this story up. I know. Adding right? some cute little animals. Yeah. And, but I mean, it, Tom it also, and Jerry take on the Nazis Yeah, a little bit. Right. But I mean, I think it actually, it helps cause it, it's, you know, it's, the, the power of, I mean, it's nonfiction in essence, but it gives it this kind of fictional bend to it, which, I mean, the power of that is it gives you just enough distance to almost see it more objectively and just see just obviously how fucking horrible this thing is. But actually what I, what I love about it is the structure. I always thought it was just going to be like a, a comic set during that time period. But I mean, about half of it is him interacting with his grown, with his dad as like, you know, an, an old guy. Yeah. And the complexities of that relationship and like the, all the tension that kind of comes through there. And it makes you really care about the character as an adult like he's an adult in world war ii you know what i mean mm-hmm. um as a dad it's really really good yeah um but yeah also really if you want to be sad you can read it yeah but i mean it's it i it's always important i think to like understand a part of history you don't really know that well right and so I'm like oh yeah no it's it's really good i'm probably gonna move on to something lighter to read yeah. next actually i have the the uh, the comic that Atomic Blonde is adapted from. Oh, that's from. right. I bought it at Comic Con, so I haven't started yet. So it's not a plug this mm-hmm. week. Next week, I'll. It's only press, so that means I have to go buy it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so you buy them. You buy everything. I gave so much money to Oni this year, as yeah. every year. I know, but they do great shit. So you can't really hold it against them too much. Um, but yeah, I think that does it. Yeah. Right. A little long today, but we had three episodes to talk about. Um, but yeah, so. If you want to reach out to us and tell us what you think about Superman in general, if you think he's a super boring character or maybe you love him, we are at Tim Talk Pod on Twitter. What, and is, what is your favorite iteration of Superman, both live action in the I'm as asking for the audience. Um No, I mean this would be they should they should tell us. Oh, I thought you were asking yeah. me. No, no, no. I wouldn't say this. I wouldn't no, add okay, this. Yeah. We, Let we, us we know this later. Yeah. yeah. What what is your favorite version of Superman? Do you like the Man of Steel Superman, for example? We we talk about it a lot. Ooh, I'm so. very proud of you, Chris. We what? made it this whole episode, and you only did one small stab at 
uh, Batver soups. And that wasn't specifically Zack Snyder. It was just the space dildos. Oh, no. I was saying you with uh, Lex Luthor. Oh, it's terrible. It's yeah, that's fine. Anyways. Yeah. You did it. I'm I did proud it. of you. Yeah. Uh, I am at Lordifer on Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook and also on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Cam Dexter underscore Adventures on Instagram, and my art's at Cameron.Dexter. Yeah, I have both of yours in the episode description now. Yay. Yay. Getting them followers. I know. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with more Superman. I don't remember the episodes uh, specifically. Four and five. Four and five. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good time. So yeah. thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.